Hello, everyone. Welcome to Shock It Presents Movie Night. I'm your host. My name is Rudy Obias, and joining me is... Harry Nemiroff. So uh, there's two movies coming out this weekend, and uh, the first of which being kind of this reimagining or a retelling of the, the classic Snow White story, uh, Mirror, Mirror. This is also the new film from filmmaker Tarsem. Uh, his movie, uh, his last movie was probably like six months ago with uh, Immortals, and this is kind of like a 180 just in terms of a, a badass action flick to um, a family film in Mirror Mirror. Uh, Perry Nemiroff, what are your thoughts on Mirror Mirror? And this is one of two Snow White films that we're getting this year as well. You know, I can't, this is one that's been really tough for me to just flat out say, what did I think of Mirror Mirror? Because there was just, I was laughing almost the entire time, but I was laughing so much at the movie and also so much with the movie. And I haven't exactly like gone through and tallied up, you know, how many points each side got. But <laughs> as a movie, it's it's not that good. Like when I go to where I post my reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, I gave it a 2.5 out of 5. But I also labeled it fresh because it's hard to hate at the same time. So I guess that's my assessment. My my thoughts on, on Mirror Mirror is I think overall I'm pretty positive of the film. I mean, I understand what you're saying uh, in, in terms of – uh, I guess the narrative not being as tight as I would like it to be, but I feel that this movie is is silly enough for for me to enjoy because I was laughing quite a bit uh, with this movie as well. Uh, I really don't think I was laughing at it too much by like namely making fun of it. I think all the laughs are intentional, and I think the biggest thing I, I took away from it was uh, this world that. Uh, Tarsum has created. I mean, we know what the Snow White story is. We've heard this story um, dozens of times throughout the years. Uh, it's a very classic story. Um, Disney has a very classic version of Snow White, and so we know it. And I, I think having an interesting take on it, um, it is something worth watching, in my opinion, and the fact that it is this family film. Uh, and again, Disney has done Snow White and just presenting it in this kind of a way where it's kind of just at times scary or psychedelic or just really imaginative. And I think I appreciate that for the most part. I understand about the, the pacing and um, I do feel that this film could have been tighter, but at the same time, I, I think this is Tarsum's probably best film narratively. And that's not really saying that much. I have two things I don't agree with there. I would definitely not call this scary in the least. This is the ultimate kids movie. I think the youngest of the young can go ahead and see this. Psychedelic, I could see where you're coming from. But that, that's what that's what Tarsum is, is the master of, creating worlds and some of the most vivid and, and creative worlds that we ever see. Narratively... I, I'm still partial to the fall. I, I know the fall's uh, narrative isn't linear in the least, but I guess maybe I've seen it enough at this point that I feel like I really do understand it through and through. And I loved that movie. I, I love it so much and still want to watch it again now. And I think I also prefer Mortals to this, surprisingly, but that's not to say I still didn't like this. Um, the only other problem I had with Tarsum's work here is that a couple times I found some of his his coverage to be a little off, particularly in, in the, the first ambush scene with, with Army Hammer's character. There's some really great action there and it's just it's not it's not cut quick enough. It's not cut quick enough to make it look 
realistic as realistic as it could have because the the action and the acrobatics there are pretty incredible but if they would have just trimmed a few frames here or there it would have run a lot smoother i i like that 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 scene the first encounter with um the prince and uh the seven dwarves i uh, i think i what i was taking away from that scene mostly was uh the I guess the fact that the, 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 these really tall kind of giant type of figures, but then ultimately we, we figure out that these are dwarves on stilts. And that is just something I, I've really never seen in a movie before. And the movie is kind this movie is kind of chock full of, of stuff like that, uh, where Tarsum does do a great job creating this world, even down to like what these people are wearing or their, their hairdos, or it just seemed like this is a very livable this world felt lived in. I mean, I, I mean, I guess at times it did feel like sets, but uh, at the same time, it felt like a world that I wanted to go and explore and poke around in. I would agree with that. The only reason I think I felt disconnected to the world, though, was because of Lily Collins, and I think that's that's also what one of my main issues with the with the movie is because I didn't feel a connection to her. I wasn't really taken by her performance and. While I was happy to like go through this adventure, I wasn't rooting for her at all because oh, she she was kind of she was kind of lame. She didn't she just doesn't command. You can't put someone like her next to someone like Julia Roberts and Army Hammer, who are just so incredibly bold and you know they they can take you with just about anything from a crazy amount of dialogue to a mere look and and she yeah she's pretty and i could see why she'd get cast as snow white but yeah, she's kind of she's kind of blah i'd rather have hung out with the dwarves by themselves <laughs> for an hour and a half yeah I, I agree with that i mean i i think one thing this movie could have used is more dwarves like uh, i just loved all seven of those guys and whenever they were on screen or, or doing stuff i was always engaged and laughing uh i i agree with you about lily collins uh, she's very very uh very pretty very beautiful but she does not have this screen presence to her and you kind of do have to have um this uh you have to have something to you when you're going up against someone like Julia Roberts, who definitely has the command of the screen and the command of the audience. And I actually feel Julia Roberts was quite good in this film, uh, surprisingly. I mean, there's a lot of this movie that I was actually really surprised about, uh, that being Julia Roberts' performance, uh, Army Hammer's performance, playing kind of like almost a dim-witted but lovable type of prince, uh, albeit at times very silly at times. Uh, namely, when there's a, a potion uh, that he ingests uh, when he gets uh, really silly. I think that point in the movie, if I wasn't on board with that, then I would have considered this movie somewhat of a failure. But I was on board with that element, and I think that's why overall I'm positive on the film. Uh, and Nathan Lane. I really enjoyed Nathan Lane in this in this film as well. I mean, he, uh, practically every time he opens his mouth or his presence on screen, you, you can't help but laugh. Those are three roles that really needed to be casted perfectly, and I think they nailed all three. Because if anybody else did it, or or if they got someone who was like okay, but just I mean, the three of them really give it their all, and that's those three roles are a hundred percent, or they're not going to be funny at all. And and the three of them were just were perfect. They and you can kind of tell they're having fun doing it, which which is also a nice side to it. Yeah, that the, definitely the performances have to be really over the top, and I uh, I totally agree with you about Lily Collins. That it's 
uh, it's not there enough, I guess. I mean, she has to be a little bit more than, than a pretty face. Uh, and I think ultimately because this movie is not called Snow White, it, it is called Mirror Mirror, uh, I don't want to even say it's forgivable, but it's definitely uh, one of the criticisms I, I have of this movie. Um, I, I love the costume design of this movie. I mean, it's something that I, I think has to be uh, talked about a little bit. Just the, the sheer imagination of what went on and like how these hats, uh, what these hats look like, what these wigs look like. Uh, all, all the costuming in this movie for me was definitely worth the, the price of admission. I can't even begin to tell you how sad it makes me that she will never get to design another set of costumes for one of Tarzan's movies. Because that's been, between this and Immortals, it's just been so incredible to see what she can create. I mean, forget the fact that, that, that Tarzan can, what he can do with his visual work, she can create, Eiko Ishioka can create worlds herself just through costumes and the the level of detail and and the the creativity behind everything you know there there's a running theme through all the costumes between between the dwarves and the people in the palace but at the same time everything is just like so special in and of itself yeah and also with like moving parts <laughs> that that I kind of like kind of dug uh, namely in like one of the early scenes where there's kind of like this battleship slash chess game going on with like uh, actual people and the way they're dressed and and the people on this board um this board game has this um they, they're wearing these wigs and these wigs have uh ships on them and they're like these little moving cannons that explode in, inside of these wigs stuff like that I, I just really appreciate it and i feel that the costume design and the art direction of this film is just has just as much credit to this movie as much as tarsem and the actors behind it uh I think ultimately I am, I'm definitely recommending this movie, especially if you have a family of four and, um, you know, you, you think your children are a little too young to see The Hunger Games. Uh, I would say definitely check out Mirror Mirror. I think I would recommend it mostly for for those types of people as well. I think that if you've got a family, it's something your kids will love and it's something you can cre- you can appreciate to a point. But, you know, if you don't have kids – you're going to go one way or the other with it. It's it's either going to be really funny and you'll you'll have fun getting goofy for 90 minutes or you're going to think it's stupid. Yeah. I mean <laughs> if if you're if you're cynical, I guess you you will definitely think it's stupid, but uh, I I think this movie is ultimately very silly and I uh, I think you you make a good point there that the fact that it is 90 95 minutes long makes it really digestible. I mean, I think if anything longer than that, it would have just kind of worn out its welcome. And a movie like Mirror Mirror, the shorter, the better, I feel. Uh, the other movie coming out this this weekend is, I, I haven't seen this movie, but Perry has, uh, Wrath of the Titans. This is the, the sequel to uh, the somewhat popular, the somewhat, uh, yeah, the somewhat popular uh, Clash of the Titans remake from... Two years ago, I want to say 2009? I think it was 2010. 2010. Uh, so, Perry, what are your thoughts on Wrath of the Titans? Did you feel the wrath in this movie? I definitely felt the wrath. Um, I was not a fan of Clash. I was one of the people who actually paid to see the movie, and I was incredibly sad that I put so much money down, and then the 3D was absolutely terrible. So that's what I had my eye on here, and... I'm incredibly pleased to report that the effects and the 3D are, are really solid. 
um, I got to interview the director, Jonathan Liebesman, and he said something about 3D that really stuck. And it's something that I actually noticed during the film was that smaller items like like ash and, and snowflakes, things like that, those are the things that work best with 3D. And there actually was one point where or some sort of fireball or something and like little flakes from the fire are coming out into the audience and something was coming directly towards my eye and it actually made me flinch. <laughs> and, and I laughed at myself for having flinched. So in terms of the effects, I think this is – a huge, huge improvement. And if you do see it, I think it might be worth seeing in 3D. And I, I don't say that too often. Yeah. Then again, we also have a story to this movie. And while it's definitely notable that they put an extra effort in to up the amount of story and character development and relationship between the characters, and they didn't want to just make this, you know, a whole epic battle again with no meaning to it. I don't know. It do, it doesn't all work. I I like the relationship between Perseus and his son, and and here and there with his father, and and the relationships amongst the amongst the gods. But it's it's not that that believable, and some of it's kind of silly and forced. The one character that does make a big improvement, though, um, in terms of the the material in the story, is Perseus's cousin who's the forgotten son of Poseidon and he's played by uh played by Toby Toby Kebbell and he's kind of like the comic relief and it works really well because this is a movie that that really needed it especially if they didn't want to put all the focus on the action again so I really appreciated appreciated that and he also just delivers like a solid amusing performance and between him and, and Rosamund Pike, the, the three of them made for a nice little band of travelers that, that made the story as they went along a little more digestible than last time. How is uh, Sam Worthington in this? Is, is he still a, as bland as I remember him being on, on, on screen as ever? I, Despite the growth in relationships here, I would definitely say he's pretty bland. I, th- I think that the actors around him are the ones who made those relationships work as much as they did. But but then again, you know, I'm saying a lot of positive things here. The, the movie's not my kind of movie at all. I just don't like Swords and Sandals movie. I would never want to see this again. But if you do like that kind of material, I would recommend this way over Clash of the Titans. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I haven't seen the first one. And so that's kind of why I was, wasn't really on board and seeing the second one that's kind of why i didn't see it i didn't get assigned it or anything so i didn't want to i don't want to say waste my time i just had absolutely no interest um and, and plus I'm, I'm not really a big fan of sam worthington i've seen a, a number of sam worthington's american work and i think uh the only one i can kind of get on board with is um the debt uh, the movie that was released last year from focus films focus features uh if memory serves me that that was a pretty good movie and he was all right in there. He actually kind of had some bit of charisma and personality in that movie, but Sam Worthington in movies just is kind of just like a blank slate to me. <laughs> it's kind of the same thing here. And it just comes down to with this, this movie. If, if you're really into the action and the effects, you'll like this more than clash. But if you're going into it for story, just, you know, I mean, they try and it's evident and it works better, but it's still not that good. Uh, did you see Battle Los Angeles, the, the, uh, the, the filmmaker of, of Wrath of the Titans' his film before? Yes, I did. And I was a big advocate of Battle L.A. until I saw it. And I still think the, the first act of Battle L.A. is really solid. But once the characters open their mouths and start talking, <laughs> it just all goes downhill. And I don't remember who wrote it, but I guess that's not Liebesman's fault. 
I think it, I think that movie was pretty well. Well, I guess I can't say well directed. Otherwise, he would have done something about certain speeches in that movie. But the action looked great. I, I really loved all the invasion stuff. Yeah, that that was that was a very funny speech. I don't think it was supposed to be funny, but I remember <laughs> when I saw it, and the audience reaction to the speech was like, huh, "Everyone knows that this is really bad," and they're laughing at it. Did uh, Aaron Eckhart not know that when it was coming out of his mouth? <laughs> I mean, he's so serious in that scene, but it's just such a ridiculous <laughs> speech. And I, I, I like how you say you're a big advocate of Battle Los Angeles, and then you saw the movie. <laughs> that trailer, that still, when I when I go back and I rewatch uh, that trailer, I forget what the song is called that plays behind it, but that that's just killer. I I could still watch the trailer over and over. Yeah, this was uh, with Battle Los Angeles. There was a it was a very good premise. Uh, I remember at Comic Con 2010 there was a panel for it, and the footage they showed was amazing. And I thought this was going to be a, a fantastic, wonderful, uh, like kind of Black Hawk Down meets Alien type of war movie. But I, I was gravely disappointed when when uh, this result was. And uh, he's also going to be directing uh, Ninja Turtles, uh, much controversial Ninja Turtles uh, remake coming out next year. Or so. Uh, it seems like uh, this filmmaker is going in an upward uh, trajectory, so hopefully the Ninja Turtles movie is going to be going to be good. Um, I just hope he gets a better script. I don't want him to get a bad rap before he gets a better script. Uh, and it's interesting what you say about th- what he said about 3D because I kind of agree with that. If you think of movies like um, Hugo or um, James Cameron's Avatar, the stuff that you really do take away is that small little details to it like the snow in Hugo or the ash uh, in, in Avatar, that those are the things that kind of immerse you into this world and make you want to, I, I guess, flinch a little bit. And that really makes 3D work. So I definitely agree with that. Uh, so what, what do you think is going to win this weekend? You know, this is the second uh, week. Uh, oh, that's of, an easy question. <laughs> of the Hunger, Hunger Games. Games. So I guess it's a, it's a battle for second then. Uh, which... No, I don't. I think Wrath is going to get second and Miramira will come in a distant third. Well, I, I think quality wise, I would want to put uh, Miramira just because it does appeal to families. And, you know, you're getting, you, you're going to have kids and you're going to have parents going to this movie. So that's going to count for a lot i think with mirror mirror i would love to say the same but look at how much clash made quality or not there's apparently an audience for that type of movie yeah but i think with with clash since it did make a lot of money i feel people were uh overall like the general audiences and critics were kind of fooled into going to see a movie like crash uh clash of the titans and i don't know if they're going to be fooled the second time around into seeing look at how many people were fooled with the transformers franchise nobody i mean did anybody really like uh revenge of the fallen i i mean i don't really know anyone who loved it that much but like look at all the money that the last one made yeah, I, I guess you're, you're right. I guess I'm putting more stock into general audiences. <laughs> and I, I guess I would really want a movie like Mirror Mirror to, to make some money. But hopefully, hopefully uh, I am right <laughs> and you are wrong. But I agree with you that The Hunger Games will probably, will probably most I'm likely win, uh, win the box office again. And uh, just keep on going, keep on going. Um, so let's close out this episode of, of uh, Movie Night. Uh, I uh, recommend Mirror Mirror, uh, Perry. Um, you recommend Mirror Mirror. Uh, can I say Hunger Games? <laughs> uh, y- yes, you can. <laughs> okay. Uh, so see Hunger Games, see uh, Mirror Mirror. 
Uh, and, and I guess if you just want to watch a badass action film, well, if you want to watch a badass action film, watch um, The Hunger Games because I feel I, I haven't seen Wrath of the Titans, but I feel the, the action in Hunger Games would, is, is more lasting than in Wrath of the Titans. Definitely. Uh, so let's close out this episode of Movie Night. Uh, where can we find you online? Perry Nemiroff. You can find me at shocky.com, movies.com, cinemablend.com, and also, of course, on Twitter. My handle is pnemiroff, P-N-E-M-I-R-O-F-F. And you can follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash Rudy underscore Obias. That's R-U-D-I-E underscore O-B-I-A-S. Autorcast.com, Shakya.com, and everything that is Rudy at RudyObias.com. Uh, on the next episode of Movie Night, uh, we're going to be discussing uh, American Reunion, the eighth film in the American Pie franchise, uh, but the fourth to be actually uh, released in theaters. And perhaps uh, Titanic 3D, which also comes out uh, next Friday, which I am actually looking forward to. Uh, So closing out this episode of Movie Night, thank you so much for listening to our show. Goodbye. Goodbye.